right, starting recording. Welcome, everyone, to the inaugural episode of Aliens Definitely, Bigfoot Probably, a show that has nothing to do with either of those things, but we'll figure it out as we go along. I'm Pat. This is my co-host, Jim. Hey. And uh, we're here to talk about cool things and hopefully do cool things. Well, I mean, that's allegedly what we're going to talk about. Really, I'm just here to eventually get some of that sweet podcast uh, mattress advertising revenue, maybe get an AR-15 or something like that. One can hope, because that's really the American dream, is to sell your soul to capitalism for home defense. Oh, 100%. If that did not happen, then the Republic must fail. You know, it's the future the communists want, is that you cannot sell your voice and your opinions to arm yourself against possible insurrection and domestic terrorism. Uh, is that in any way, shape, or form related to the topics we're going to be talking about? Yeah, what was that? You came out broken. Oh, I said, uh, is that in any way, shape, or form related to the topics we're going to be talking about? Um, no, I was going to dive into a little bit about myself. I'm just some dickhead from Long Island, so that pretty much sums it up. Oh, okay, go for it. Well, that's, that's it. I'm just some dickhead from Long Island. Oh, okay. Well, I'm some dude from Orange County, California. Um, also, uh, remember, kids, PEMDAS, please excuse my domestic ass squabbles that you may hear in the background. I don't have a designated studio area. So if you hear some grumbling or racism in the background, that is not reflective of myself. No, you're from Long Island. Fair. Yeah, it's all, it's all guidos and rich people, I guess. Well, actually, a couple of years ago, there was a term... Uh, called Eminem, which is just Mexicans and millionaires, which sums up where I live pretty fucking well. Uh, like there's a large portion of Mexicans that are millionaires, or just like there are Mexicans and there are millionaires, and these are two distinct Um More the latter than the former, because um, as we are uh, located on eastern Long Island, um, we like our wealth to be allocated in the hands of people of WASP like descent ah yeah i know i can get that my uh my ancestors you could say extend from when the anglos met the saxons so <laughs> and what a meeting it was uh, nothing but good things for the rest <laughs> of the world when that occurred yeah, yeah. legendary exchange it's really kind of wild that some of the uh ultra ultra waspy people of today descended from literal just rampaging blood vikings <laughs> it's the the amount of Let's see, uh, I had the word for it, but I lost it. But I don't want to say softness that has occurred, but it seems like our violence has been relegated to back rooms in the streets. And, like, that's not fucking cool, man. Like, you had the actual Grok Eye brothers in the streets just, fight, like, fist fighting for agrarian reform. And now we have who just... Oh, no. Go. Uh, you know, Rand Paul's just eating gummy bears trying to filibuster. Like, what the fuck happened, man? <laughs> You know, it's kind of interesting when you think about it. I almost blame the the Romans for white people getting as soft as they've gotten. And just to kind of go off on a little bit of a tangent, like you think about it, like back in back before the Romans invaded England, they were literally just chucking people into bogs, cutting out hearts, doing all sorts of crazy shit. And then the Romans come in and they have like all these rules and laws. And you're like, OK, I guess we'll build some bathhouses and I guess we'll stop throwing so many people into bog. <laughs> The fact that Julius Caesar is on record from what I've read in a meme of saying, of all the people I've conquered, the British are the stupidest. It <laughs> speaks volumes. The level of contempt he held them in that the fucking Gauls who he managed to build two walls around in one fucking siege were yeah, than the people who would invade the known world looking for spice, realizing they don't even like fucking butter. <laughs> you know, it's really surprising is like, if that's what they thought about the English, imagine what they sc- thought about the, the Scots. They were like, all right, um, we're just going to build a wall here. I know this is a relatively small island compared to the rest of Rome, but, you know, Hadrian was just like, I'm not fucking around with those people. <laughs> well, it seems like the the default Roman solution to any problem was just to build a fucking wall. So maybe Trump is actually a Roman. I mean, you know, it's not unlikely. He is a little bit more tan than the average uh, the average person from Queens. Uh, I'm not too familiar with the New York area, but I don't see a whole lot 
ultra ultra tan people that are not from New Jersey and New York. Well, it depends on how much of Italy you have in your blood, uh, strangely enough, because that whole GTL thing that came out about 10, 15 years ago was honestly a low point in the history of the United States. And like we've done horrible things as a nation. Obviously, slavery is the top of the list, but like the Trail of Tears. Uh, we nuked Japan twice. I'm going to say that was justified. Um, yeah, they, they were really kind of asking for it. You don't blow up somebody. Not, not the slavery and the Trail of Tears thing. Obviously, that was messed up. But Japan, Japan kind of was asking for it. And honestly, the, the human cost would have been the metal, uh, the Purple Hearts they're still awarding today were one of the 500,000 they made in the preparation for the invasion of Japan. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's kind of strange when you get to a situation where maybe nuking a country is the uh, the lesser of two evils. Well, also, like, again, going back to how violence used to be the core of politics, um, it was a different time back then when it was just completely acceptable, according to the Geneva Convention, to fucking nuke somebody. Well, I mean, you know, if it's not, like, expressly uh, said, like, you know, like, hey, this is not acceptable, the Geneva Convention is, like, a very, um, eh, you know, just kind of whatever kind of thing. <laughs> just, just, just don't do anything too inhumane. And yeah, and, you know, the U.S., like, is just, like, yeah, go. Uh, I was, everyone focuses on, like, the German war crimes, but, like, the Bataan Death March, Japanese soldiers were literally throwing infants in the air and like stabbing them with their bayonets. If that isn't a work death march, I think that's the way King. Yeah, just way too hard. They'll probably just deny it. Right, and this is uh, this has actually been something I've held for quite a while that the uh, the Nazis obviously have justifiably earned their reputation as some of the worst people that have ever existed in humankind. Got to get that out of the way first, obviously. <laughs> obviously, it's just it goes always weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just always weird that we do not lump the Japanese in there with them, which the Japanese, you know, okay, they didn't quite kill so many people in such a methodical and organized way, but the way in which they killed some of the people that they occupied were really, truly some of the worst ways that they could have gone about doing that. First off, I would also like to say uh, seven minutes into this inaugural episode, all gas, no brakes. <laughs> Well, you told me like over the phone that we had some like topics prepared uh, for anyone that might happen to be listening. Uh, me and Pat over here, we've been friends for a very long time. Uh, and one day we were just like, hey, you want to do a podcast? We're kind of entertaining. Like, yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of fun. And I was just like, yeah, <laughs> just, actually, I think I. Okay. No breaks. Um, oh, yeah. I'm turning away from the, the, the darkness that has already fallen upon this <laughs> podcast. Um, oh, like bringing up the Nazis? Yeah, bringing up the Nazis, Japanese war crimes, it was okay to nuke. You know, just your run-of-the-mill Friday night kind of stuff. You know, you, you talk about it with your close friends, and you're even... Yeah, your, a handful of people. Yeah, just things you don't say in public for 500, Alex. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, on, on to these topics I had uh, drawn up earlier to, uh, you know, okay. slightly switch focus. So I think they are compelling questions that will also give us a, a solid jumping off point for further discussion. Do you believe a Jedi mind trick would work on you? Yes, 100%. Uh, I was thinking the same thing because as I would like to think of myself as someone who had a strong will, I mm -hmm. distracted easily because like today I bought cheese and like that was all I was fucking thinking about for like a solid half hour. You tell me this kind of, cheese? of Imperial security. Bro, I am giving you up without hesitation. Real talk, what kind of cheese? Cheese is important. Uh, it was one block cheddar, one block Monterey. I uh, shredded both of them, one, about one half, and then threw it into a pot of somehow undercooked rice, cooked mm. chicken, and with some broccoli, and I let that bitch simmer for like 25 minutes. You let it, like, was it like already cooked rice, or was it uh, uh like I threw the rice in there with... Two cups of chicken broth, a can of cream of chicken. I let that mm -hmm. kind of just do its thing. Um, so that should have softened up the rice. It didn't. And upon realizing that the rice was still crunchy somehow, I put it on medium for 10 minutes, at which point I added the broccoli and cheese. Okay, gotcha. You know, that's, so uh... it, it came out pretty good, pretty salty. Um, pretty disappointed in my efforts, to be honest. <laughs> 
I'll, I'll be completely honest. I've I've been quite poor before in my life, and that was uh, that was something that my uh, mom used to make. No, really. Um, I was trying to actually make a different recipe that my brother and my sister had made one night about 15 years ago during the height of my dad's depression, and um, I it, that wasn't it. One, I just I see why my mom left now because I am just failing on every front tonight. <laughs> well, we're just getting into some really deep and personal shit right now. <laughs> no, this is my soapbox. This is the hill I will die on. I have only known this podcast for 10 minutes. And if it dies, I will kill myself and everyone in this room. <laughs> Isn't aren't you just doing this in alone? No, my wife and my dog are in the room. Oh. Hi Ray. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> oh, it's right. nice there's an additional hidden code. Yeah, don't don't worry about it. that's a you know peanut gallery and or production assistant. <laughs> Pay no you. attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> The, the woman behind the man. Um, question number two. Caesar versus Napoleon. Oh, man. Nice uh, and just for our listeners, this is Gaius Julius Caesar, not any of the uh, pretenders to the throne thereafter who took the name for legitimacy, and not Gaius Julius Caesar Octavianus, uh, my man's Augustus. Just a regular Julius Caesar, hated the British, uh, hated the Gauls, hated the Senate, hated everyone, really. Yeah, everyone but Pompey, who is ironically the one person that he absolutely messed up. <laughs> Routinely. Yeah. Side note, Octavius. Mm-hmm. Completely gifted, talented administrator. Not a warfighter. Not a warfighter in the least. That's uh, that's why we had Agrippa, who, uh, it, it's weird because he just had a habit of finding the right, like, delegation at his finest. Like, I will be the one who takes the glory, but dude win my battles and I will reward you. You can marry my daughter, give me an heir. That one died. Fuck. Happened. I feel bad for Augustus at the end there because he was really looking for anyone but Tiberius to take over the empire and they just kept fucking dying. I mean, you know, it was Rome in his defense. All right, so I need to I need to get some qualifications for here. Like, obviously, is this Roman army versus French army? Is this like they both are starting out at the exact same space? I'm gonna give is you I'm gonna give you three different scenarios. Okay. Um, first scenario: hand to hand, butt ass naked, like war zone. You died, went to the gulag, bare knuckle boxing, Caesar or Napoleon. Caesar, one hundred percent. I just feel like that dude was like cut from a different cloth. I, I would like agree with that. Um, second one, we'll do uh, the the, the a, a Roman legion, probably the thirteenth, because that was Caesar's favorite, uh, versus uh, just one regiment of Napoleon's forces. Hmm. How much is regiment versus legion again? Like um, 10, a legion was about six thousand men. Let me see if I can. I probably should research this a little better. Um, I think a regiment was is like what is it like in today's like standards uh let's see napoleonic regiment size uh between 1000 and 5000 men uh yeah definitely gotta give the edge to napoleon there i mean we got gunpowder involved yeah i think the artillery would really be the uh deciding factor no matter how disciplined your troops are superior firepower will 99 times out of 100 take the uh take the take the day yeah but you didn't say anything about batteries you just said regiments like, here's the thing, like, both of those guys were really well-known for, like, combined arms. Like, Gaius really had a had a great thing going on with basically turning his entire arm into a combat engineer battalion. True. It's a, a master of all trades. Yeah, and Napoleon was basically, like, the king of artillery. So, like, he was, I, and um, I had heard that he redefined how his troops, like his troop formations work. So they're like obliques, obliques, obliques. Um, so he had them staggered in such a way that, or was it the fucking, he basically just built like a turtle formation around his artillery pieces. Mm. Which changed the face of a uh, European warfare. And he did pretty mm-hmm. good for a while there. You know, I know you're not into the Total War series, but, like, that's, like, the one, like, easy super win scenario. You just, like, surround your artillery with, like, pipeline. And you, you, like, can't, you can't take it out of the fight if you can't get to it. Exactly. 
and like nine times out of ten, or probably like ninety-nine times out of a hundred, more likely, uh, artillery is going to absolutely mess up cavalry. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not even turning this into because I don't think the Romans were particularly well known for having good cavalry. In fact, I think they probably like shipped out, or you know, like uh, what's the term? Would be like higher outsourced. Yeah, outsourced. They outsourced all of their cavalry for like every single engagement. Like, yep, they're notoriously to the, that? to the to the Gauls or whoever they just got done conquering or the Numidians. Yeah. yeah, and you know it's kind of strange that that worked. I mean, like, okay, I've been desperate for some jobs before, but if like the Chinese invaded and they were like, "Yeah, hey, we need some cavalry," then I wouldn't be like the first one to Roger <laughs> up or anything like that. Um, I think what would hold me back one is hopefully I would have died fighting Chinese oppression. <laughs> Uh, and two, I don't know shit about horses. Well, yeah, I mean, that would obviously affect things. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and but, the third, third scenario between Caesar and Napoleon would be you give them uh, just the same amount of men, same equipment. Uh, what era, though? Like, I feel if it's like Revolutionary War and Napoleon's probably got the edge based on experience now, artillery work, then if we're talking like World War II era, I think World War II era and beyond, I just feel like Caesar's ability to grasp the battlefield and how things shape as quickly as he traditionally did back in the time, I feel like I'd have to give the edge to Caesar, unless it was like strictly within Napoleon's. His wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, one of Napoleon's biggest advantages, like, back during, like, the French Revolution, I'm sorry, post-French Revolution, was the fact that, like, the French Revolution really had the concept of every single person has access to being in the military. And all the other powers that he was facing were still relying on the concept of, like, conscripting from, like, a special class that was designated for warfare. And Napoleon was just like, nah, dude, I got 70,000 fucking peasants all armed with muskets. And everyone was like, well, the Prussian army is, like, 16,000 men, so... Numerically, yeah, I think I would also give it to Caesar because his approach to warfare um, was never stagnant. It adapted to the situation as it needed. Um, also, he was quoted as the luckiest general in Rome at the time, but also that he just knew how to deploy his men. I think it was, I want to say Zama, but I always get this fucking wrong because Zama is where Scipio won against the Carthaginians in Africa. Um, so maybe it's Pharsalus. But he was outnumbered, and he deployed his men in a narrow strait, negating the enemy uh, army's superior numbers, and he fucking won, and then became the unchallenged master of Rome until they decided to fucking vibe check him. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, Caesar was really interesting as a commander when you, like, look back and see what he was doing, because he wasn't so much playing the enemy as he was playing the field like you know the battlefield itself like the physical yeah. space of the things like if something was weak on one flank he would just straight up be like nah fuck that dig it up put spikes there uh you know if he was being attacked like flanked or had the possibility of being flanked he'd be like no no no, no, no. build a wall around my position i do not want to fight under these terms <laughs> just back to the walls man he just well it's incredible because at the siege of um I can't believe uh, whatever the fuck the place was when he was fighting Vercingetorix during the galaxy. Mm. Um, the yeah. wall he built around the city was 11 miles long. And Roman miles and U.S. miles are pretty pretty tit for tat. I think the actual foot is based off Marcus Agrippa's actual foot size. Um, hmm. 12 inches. Really? So, yeah, I could be wrong. Uh, fact check me, those of you at home. Uh, do it in your car at your own risk because that's sketchy business. But anyway... Um, but then he turned around and he built another 11 miles of wall. The man built 22 miles of wall, like in the span of like three weeks. So, um, I, I don't know if you've read this book, but it's, uh, SPQR. I do not remember who it's by. Mary Beard. So, yeah. Okay. I, have, I don't I, know if you've read that book too much. In my library. Okay, great. You got to keep in mind, most of these people were doing this on a diet consisting mainly of sea urchin and eggs. <laughs> that was the protein standard baby? Roman diet. <laughs> Those protein farts must have been ripe. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, 
uh, one, I couldn't imagine fighting on just steak and eggs, let alone sea urchin. <laughs> it, it makes you wonder how heavy sea urchin sits in the gut. <sighs> Pretty heavy. I mean, there's probably a dramatic decline of sea urchin, like in the Mediterranean, just solely based on the Roman appetite, like to this day. Look, Caesar decided to decimate at will, and at will he did decimate. It doesn't matter if they're trees, gulls, or sea urchins. You were facing the wrath of Caesar. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't conquer, like, most of the known world for no reason. <laughs> it's, it's funny, because his whole Gallic War thing simply was because he didn't want to fucking go on trial for bribery. You know, you play the, you play the cards that you're dealt, man. <laughs> you play them beautifully. Just, you know, uh, we're going to bring up in bribery charges. Not if I'm at war, you won't. Is this but I mean, like, the, the, entire war, war, the entire war, like the entire time of like, you know, hold of Caesar, the dude was basically playing with pocket twos and that was it. Like, you know, nothing on the, nothing on the river, nothing on the flop. The dude was basically just solely, probably, as you said, the luckiest general. I don't know if you get lucky that many times. The dude was just great at bluffing. It, it, it depends, because his whole invasion of Italy was just with one legion, and that scared the fuck out of everybody, so they left. Like, dude bluffed his way into power, he bluffed his way into more power and debt, and then just managed to somehow come on top again until he was violently vibe-checked. Right, right. March remains a stupid month. <laughs> All right, so uh, next next question I got for you. Okay. Oh, that was a solid little bit on Caesar. Um, as you presently are, close knowledge and physical fitness, would you rather wake up in the Elder Scrolls or the Fallout world? Oh, that's a good question. Hmm. I feel like I would rather wake up in Elder Scrolls. Um that would really depend on the kingdom but i feel like the elder scrolls because i i i think i could live an agrarian life relatively easily like you know right now versus a post-apocalyptic life with you know crazy technology and things like that it's just like i don't know the idea of like coming into a world that's already been decimated by atomic warfare is a little bit different than coming into a war where like, yeah, there's dragons rolling around, but odds are you're probably not going to see any. See, my, I, I agree that I feel like waking up in the Elder Scrolls would be, like, one, much more pleasant, because, like, half of fucking Tamriel or wherever the fuck you are is either, like, fields and, like, people just kind of minding their own business. But then once every, you know, every couple moons, you just wake up one night to someone in your house standing at the foot of your bed eating several dozen wheels of cheese. And you're like, hey, I did that thing for you. And you're like, I forgot about that. That was months ago. <laughs> they have like, it took you this long? Like, yeah, man, I've been doing other shit. <laughs> I, I saw a butterfly. I followed it, led me to a fortress. And I beat a dozen bandits to death with a war hammer. I decapitated a guy with a war hammer. How does that work? And he goes, Anyway, it's done. Me hand him like six pieces of gold and a rusty key, and I like, just get the fuck out of my house, please. <laughs> but also, I feel like I could probably pull off surviving in Fallout a little bit better because it's like more military based, and uh, you know I can handle a rifle decently well. The problem is you can go and drink from a water source, and then there's a fucking death claw, or like God forbid you're on your last legs and a rad roach appears, and you just miss every shot. Right, right, right. It's literally some of the most infuriating stuff that you go through. Where, like, there's, like, 98-pound, well, like, soy boy who has a fucking fat man, and it is game over for you. Can we talk about how we got, like, Fallout 1776 or whatever it is versus, like, a Fallout 5? Can um, you imagine if that effort, like, that got put towards that game was, like, actually put towards a real game? You know what really turned me off about that game was the fact that it was like an MMO and the way I play Fallout does not incline me to play Fallout with a single other human being because everything is mine. 
and I will kill you for literally. You could tell me have a good day, and I'm going to bring out a baseball bat that has saw blades taped to it, and your day is just fucking ruined. Right, and that's part of the appeal of the Fallout series. Like, to me, like MMOs, I, I really don't know if they do better than Warcraft. Like, I, you know, you and me have both played multiple times uh, the Old Republic, like MMO. And that's a great game for a story that occasionally you just get to have a friend with you with. Yeah. But I don't know if you got top Warcraft ever. It's been like, what? But it, it 15 just, years? Yeah. I mean, nothing about Fallout really screams multiplayer to me. It seemed like a half half effort. They were like, hey, we're working on this Fallout game. And then Todd Howard said, online. And they screamed, Todd, no. But he would not listen because he couldn't have anything get in the way of the next release of Skyrim. Todd will never listen. It is. It, I mean, it's the way. <laughs> <laughs> it, the, the mad lad got Microsoft to buy Skyrim again, so I give him all the credit in the world. You know, if you're that good at selling things, you really don't need to make anything new. <laughs> no, it's just release it again. <laughs> there's, there's no reason yeah. not. Yeah, I mean, like, there's probably some dude out there that makes like uh, what's a product that doesn't need to be replaced ever, like uh, like glass bottles. Like glass bottles, to a certain extent, have not gone out of fashion. You know what? Almost better, like canned food. Like you don't need to improve upon the design. The design yeah. is as good as it's going to get. Yeah, like, uh, it, build a better mousetrap. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, how, how are you going to build a better canned like product? And Todd Howard just saw that and was like, "Yeah, people can make a better version of this, but they're not. So <laughs> I'm going to keep selling this until I make another one." <laughs> he decided on that day he would never make another video game. Yeah, and on the seventh day he rested. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is this is going to be a bit of a curveball for you. All right. All right. So you have Wolverine's claws. Okay. You can summon them at will. Okay. But the catch is... That's no less. um, The catch is that their level of rigidity reflects the level of rigidity of your penis. Like at present time? At present time. As at the time of activation, if you were flaccid, you just have six noodly pieces of adamantium coming from your fist. Okay. And the alternative is you have Reed Richards intellect, but only when you're asleep. I got to feel like I'd go with Reed Richards intellect, but only when I'm asleep. That than only being able to fight when I'm like, you know, aroused. (laughs) Look, I'm either fighting or I'm fucking someone's getting penetrated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, you know, Wolverine's claws are cool, but like, okay, yeah, if I'm like 14 years old, definitely Wolverine claws, because <laughs> you know that shit's just popping out whenever the fuck it happens. But like nowadays, I'm, you know, I'm almost 30, and <laughs> I'd much rather be able to wake up and like a quarter remember what I was dreaming about, be like, I think I solved time travel, but I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm just gonna fucking strip all the goddamn radon out of these uh, smoke detectors, and I think I got it figured out. See, and... my, my issue with the Reed Richards intellect thing is like I barely fucking passed algebra like the four times I've had to take it. Okay. If I have some dream, and I like barely remember my dreams. So if it's like some dream where I'm like, alas, the cure for cancer, and it's like x over three equals like pi to the ninth power divided by the uh, gravitational pull of the universe like what the fuck does any of that mean and then i'll just forget it throughout the rest of the day yeah yeah progressively slowly as you go about yeah but it would have to be a a a conscious subconscious effort to dumb whatever i'm thinking about to down to a level that i could understand while i am conscious and not forget throughout the day so maybe i could build some apparatus that would allow me to record my dreams so i could try to understand even more as opposed to, like, I'm out in public and all of a sudden I have fucking my claws. Also, the claws work the way they do in the comics, so it's the sharpest substance known to man. Okay. 
And like they don't. They Do I have Wolverine's healing factor in this situation? Um, I'll say on a limited basis because uh, if you have scar tissue between your knuckles and then you just keep bleeding every time you pop a boner, that boner is going away quick. You're losing blood fast. <laughs> oh god, yeah, no, definitely. All alternatives of the Wolverine conundrum that you have laid before me <laughs> seem unpleasant. Like Reed Richards' intellect when I'm sleeping is at least halfway useful. Um, I see nothing but downsides to the Wolverine equation. <laughs> and now you understand why he's so angry all the time. I was just trying to get you into his headspace, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's not just about you. Yeah, well, that and everything you care about dead <laughs> i got th- this is going to be the real ball buster for you okay all right and uh this is this is the last one i have um right, so would you rather the old canon still be canon for star wars would you rather be put in charge of a new trilogy of movies or would you rather put dave filoni and john favreau in charge of star wars Uh, it's definitely between one and three. Like for two, I wouldn't be able to enjoy it. Like if I'm making it, it would be cool. It would definitely be an awesome experience. But like my my faith in myself as a writer is not nearly as good as my faith in Dave Filoni as a writer. That's that's a, that's a solid point. It's difficult, man, because I think like some of the stuff from the Old Republic is just great. Like, right. if you took it at a fictional level and you took it at, like, a uh, – not, not biblical, but some of the stuff that was written before Disney bought Star Wars is just great writing. Like, bar none, this is a level of art that exceeds the genre. Uh, the genre. However, what Dave Filoni is able to do with the genre is incredible. You know, like, just the kind of, like, depth and emotion that you can put towards something – it's, I mean, it's fantastic. It's a, it's a, it's a true fan finally being able to. One, he's he's bridging every divide there is between the the prequels, the OT, and the dumpster fire that is the sequel trilogy. Oh, and you're coming in all broken. I don't know what the fuck's going on with you. Oh, I said uh, he's trying his best on that end. Uh, he, I'd say he's doing well because. Um, you know, like that that one dude on YouTube said, full fat videos, um, something about, uh, it, it's a full fat video on the Mandalorian. Look it up, the dude's got phenomenal videos on Star Wars. He's, he's one of the best Star Wars YouTubers I've seen, and I spent a lot of time on YouTube, or YouTube, fucking YouTubers. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I don't want to shit on anyone's, like, craft. I really don't. But there's, like, some Star Wars YouTubers that are, like, just hot garbage that I've seen. Like. 100%. <laughs> not naming names but yeah there's there's some there's some garbage out there there's, there's a hot caravan of garbage heading up right yeah it's, it's like, like clickbaity and all like this. a bunch of fake rumors and like yeah yeah i heard from somebody who heard from somebody who heard from somebody who wrote a blog post that got taken down because they said the n-word that <laughs> is actually Palpatine. Right. Yeah. And like, you know, okay, how, how long have we been hearing that Kathleen Kennedy is going to be fired rumor now? Like a year and a half? And in, in honestly, it makes all of the sense in the world because as I've said before, and I'll probably say until the day I die, uh, how the fuck is it humanly possible to lose money on Star Wars? It's not like she did it, you know. You, you I know, I know. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's, it's just you know um, that age-old wage gap thing where like Star Wars only made seventy percent as much money as it would have if a man was directing. <laughs> oh, that's messed up, but I mean, not incorrect. Um, yeah, I I think that they tried to turn Star Wars into something that was definitively not. Star Wars is it exists in its own kind of thing. You don't mess with the timeline that's already there for one. For two, like it has very distinctive rules about the universe and you can't break the rules. Like, you know, the force is X, Y, and Z. It is not A, B, C, D. Exactly. And, yeah. Like 
And, and then, did you see the shit that they're putting out about Django Fett? What about Django Fett? They said he wasn't a Mandalorian, but he was just wearing Mandalorian armor. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, I got some issues with that. I mean, I have literally accounts, every issue with that. I, I I think the big thing about the whole Django Fett thing is you see him without his helmet on, and some people are like, "Oh, well, that's not quite like the Mandalorian." But in the Clone Wars, which is actually canon, right? Mm-hmm. So in a way, his identity as a Mandalorian. Um, but in the Clone Wars TV show, every single one of those fuckers has their mask off on Mandalore. Mm-hmm. Is it well, maybe it's like a Seventh Day Adventist kind of deal. Like, you know, the Mandalorian and the Mandalorian is, uh, you know, like some uber orthodox like sect of Mandalorian. <laughs> He's a he's a Hasidic Mandalorian. Yeah, a Hasidic Mandalorian. Like you know, under no circumstances should this uh, helmet come off. <laughs> yeah, just nope. The helmet stays on during sex. <laughs> <laughs> that almost came up one episode. It did, and honestly, like nothing against uh, Pedro or Pablo Pascal, whatever. I always get his first name wrong, but you would be hard pressed to find a fucking uglier dude. Like that. He wasn't ugly in Game of Thrones, though. No, he, was, he was charming and ravishing. I would have let him have me. But, yeah, but like the Mandalorian, when he took the helmet off, he looked like fucking Post Malone. <laughs> Mine's the tattoos. <laughs> Jesus. It's just... Why? You could have thrown... Motherfucking Timothy Oliphant was around, bro. Like, he wore that fucking... I'm not... I don't know if anybody's, you know, one, gonna listen to this, too. Um if they've seen the, the first episode of season two of the Mandalorian, but Timothy Oliphant's around. Like you could have got him. He is a gorgeous human being. And you went yeah. with Pablo. You know, who's under the, like the Mandalorian armor, like during like, you know, some of the fight scenes and some of the action scenes. Who's that? Like John Wayne's fucking grandson or something like that. Really? I, I, I Yeah. I'd have to fact check that, but that's kind of awesome. Like, well, that, would, that would make sense. Cause he has a, Big iron on his hip. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, that's the OG cowboy. I don't think I've ever seen a John Wayne movie, but even I know, like, you know, (laughs) hey, John Wayne's the be all end all when it comes to old school badass westerns. And The Mandalorian's basically a western in space. That's, it's a fucking operatic space western. And that's one, what made Cowboy Bebop so great. And two, just like it, it fits within the Star Wars mold so well because star wars is largely about characters and it's character driven and like yeah the overarching like ah there's big bad evil guy with uh, an ideology not dissimilar than mine but wrong and uh you have this morally great character just doing whatever the fuck he wants and just giving people a constant stream of revenue by all the fucking business he is giving throughout the galaxy with his fists he's just giving people the business and he doesn't feel bad about it the next podcast should be all about Cowboy Bebop because I could talk about that for quite some time. It is one of it's you know, uh, back in my youth, I was a weeb. Uh, to this day, I am still a weeb, but mostly just for like Dragon Ball. Um, but Cowboy Bebop, any any anime that's only like 26 episodes, it's bound mm-hmm. to be good. No, I, I 100% agree. Like, the, the it seems like you know. There's obvious quality dip off in a show once you get to a certain point, like any show. Yeah. Like, uh, with the exception of like Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad was 100% solid throughout the entire production. It was like the Lord of the Rings of TV shows. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's about to be a Lord of the Rings TV show, but we're not going to talk on that no, we'll today anyway. Openly, but we won't talk about it. Right. Right. Second Age is going to be an interesting period to kind of cover because there's absolutely nothing really discussed in that. <laughs> but, um, like, Cowboy Bebop, it, like, I can't find a bad episode of that show. Like, even the movie was great. And even when they slow, like, slow canceled it, it still ended fantastically. It just, the, the, the line, see a space cowboy, still fucking breaks my heart. 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're gonna carry that weight. You're gonna carry that fucking weight, dude. Like, and then uh, Steve Bloom, the voice actor for Spike, who also voiced uh, Tom on Toonami. Mm. They canceled Toonami like 15 years ago, whatever. Uh, his last sign off was "See you, Space Cowboy." Man, don't remind me about canceling Toonami. Toonami was like it was its own thing. Like you know, you know, like Adult Swim bought out like that certain block of like Cartoon Network, and it was just like you know, hey, this is two channels that are on the exact same channel. Yeah, one like sharing sharing a room with your younger brother. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly that. And like, you know, you have like half the room, it's decorated with like, uh, I don't know what's going on right now, Paw Patrol. Yeah, say I'm, Thomas the Tank I'm, Engine. I'm, I think some people still have. Is Thomas the Tank Engine still doing things? I know it's strangely dystopian, but I don't know if it's still on. Oh, that's something we need to get into one of these days is Thomas the Tank Engine, because I, I you know, I've seen some stuff from that show, like as an adult, and I've seen some stuff of that show as I was a kid, and some shit's just straight up crazy. Yeah, like I said, I, I know it's dystopian. I know that uh, mm. if you refuse to or cannot work in a Thomas the Tank Engine world, uh, that means death. Yes. They will simply, they were, there was one train that wouldn't leave the tunnel, and they just fucking wrecked the tunnel up, and he was stuck there. And as far as I know, trains are immortal. Mm-hmm. it's like well, what's the opposite of socialism like i know like you know logically you would say like laissez-faire capitalism free market capitalism but like refusing to work and being like all right well you're just dead weight it's, it's, i don't know if that's survival of the fittest but that is just that for something that is marketed at children i don't know mm-hmm. if it's a lesson you need to impart that early no man <laughs> you know I'm, I'm all for teach him young fucking my daughter sings the imperial march and she shakes my hand but i don't know if i'm going to teach her that if you cannot provide anything to society then i'm just going to brick you in cask of a montalato style god could you imagine being born like just just even like 300 years ago something like very short in the like grand scale of humanity just how absolutely brutal life was just if you don't have it going on basically immediately game over bro like right you you don't want to be a chimney sweep oh that fucking sucks (laughs) sound like you don't want you to eat (laughs) (laughs) well mary get the fucking bricks and mortar we got a fucking straggler over here (laughs) one of the children doesn't want to push the plow well, looks like we only got six now. We used to have. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, we only have six children that made it to the age of being able to make a choice like that. <laughs> Everyone else died when they were like six months old. You know what? But they died doing what they loved, which was chimney sweeping. Yeah. Or you know, dying of uh, not oh, God. I'm obviously thinking COVID. What, what, what was like the COVID back in the day? Cholera, scarlet fever. Yeah. Um, no, Spanish flu was only like a hundred years ago. Yeah. Just take, you know, really, just just take your pick. Yeah, I mean, you had a high likelihood of dying of anything. Like you had to be a virtuoso, like out of the womb, to make even beyond that, man. You had to basically like be a statistical anomaly to make it to thirty. Fucking seriously, man. Uh, somehow Augustus lived to be like 70-something. And this was like 2,000 years ago. So whatever that dude was doing, he was doing it right. Especially right. like the average life expectancy in like the 1600s was probably like 17. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like his namesake, you know, Julius. You know, Gaius, obviously. Uh, what, what did he live to? Like 40s or something like that? And he was already I think he was in his... like seizures. Yeah, no, he definitely had seizures. He was balding, which his troops actually made up a fucking, like, dirty marching chant about uh, beware the bald-headed adulterer, he's coming to fuck your wife. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, My old history teacher uh, sent it to me once. Um, Not incorrect. (laughs) I think he was born 
in like 100 BC and he died in 44. So he was 56. And the only reason he died is because he got straight up vibe check. Yeah. Okay. Looking through his biography real quick. I'm cheating a little bit by pulling this up. I know we, yeah, he was 55 and he was already having like seizures and a whole bunch of issues. But he was, he was still going out there and hating the British. I mean, that's really what matters. <laughs> it's pretty much the uniting factor between people of all races, creeds, religions, uh, social, political, economic status is, man, just fuck the British. Right? It, it should be noted that both me and Pat are of uh, Irish descendants. Um, Pat's like damn near 100% Irish, if you can't tell from the name. And I'm like 50-50, and the other 50% German, which also has a very obviously complicated relationship with the British. It's just, well, I, I went to summer school in like 8th, ninth, and like 10th grade because I didn't do homework and I didn't pay attention in class. Um, but thankfully, uh, God Emperor George W. Bush had no child left behind, so the school had to keep <laughs> letting me pass. Um. But I was going to a summer school in a neighborhood that was like predominantly like black and Hispanic. And for some reason, dude, I was like 14 or 15. I was reading a book at the school called How Hitler Could Have Won World War II, like openly. I don't know why I was doing this. It was a pretty interesting book. I never finished it. But one of the passages in it was talking about why Hitler didn't press the attack at Dunkirk. And it was mm-hmm. because he had a spot in his, quote, new Europe that he wanted the British to occupy. And he wanted to work with them. And so he like was like, we'll just bomb the shit out of them and hope for the best. Does anyone <laughs> know where I put my methamphetamines? Right. You know, it's, it, it's truly uh, in the capacity of Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> the, the duality of Hitler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the duality of Hitler. He, he's absolutely asking for the absolute best possible outcomes in all of these situations. <laughs> for all parties involved. Right. By no circumstances should he have gotten as far as he has, and yet here he is. Like, I don't know much about German politics in the 1930s, but, <laughs> like, imagine being able to stand up in a bar today and just being like, hey, I'm going to lead all of this country. And everyone would be like, yeah, but like you leave the bar and absolutely no one is feeling that vibe. <laughs> no, it, then they arrest you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, hey, you can't say that. And you're like, what? And they throw you in jail. And while you're in jail, where you're like enjoying like all of the comforts you could want. Because like he like befriended the guards and like they were bringing him like wine and like good food. He was a vegetarian. So whatever the fuck. Good food yeah those people um and yo i, I guess just sauerkraut steve <laughs> like straight sauerkraut for like however many years yeah ago. fucking johan was you know cutting the lawn and we bought you these grass clippings bro <laughs> we have some root vegetables and a nice wine for you and you're like that is the peak of fans could you imagine being a vegetarian back in the 40s like like, yeah, hey, there's availability of vegetables to eat, but, like, there's no, like, culinary dish. Like, there's no, like, culinary, like, subsect dedicated directly to, like, vegetarianism. You're just kind of, like, going for it. Like, you know, okay, well, I got this potato. <laughs> That's, make it work? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you can go with, like, a baked potato kind of thing, like a sour. Oh, what, you think we got the fuel for the from the war effort to bake a potato? You eat that right <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, Germany was like going through some crazy, like uh, economic depressional periods during that. Well, it's like I one time I looked up like what was the population of Germany in the 1940s? And it was about 13 million or so. And I think really, and just huh? Really? Yeah, about 13 million. And the Germans managed to mobilize like three quarters of their population to fight in a war that was going admittedly swimmingly at first. But then towards the end of the war, you got like the Hitler youth who were like 14 year olds and like mm-hmm. kids that are too big, just getting absolutely schwacked. 
I gotta check that. 13 million seems like way too few. Now, I mean, granted, you're facing armies of probably similar, like, similar amounts. Yeah, I'm looking this up right now. I'm seeing, like, 79 million. What? Oh, maybe I was looking at the German military. I'm looking at 1939, which seems probably, like, the most relevant. Yeah. Damn, man. By 1946, it was down to 65 million. So you lost. Yeah, it was like people. And meme land. Hell yeah. Meme land? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Meme land. It's wow. Right. Meme land. I don't fucking know. Dude, I'm an American. I don't need <laughs> geography. <laughs> I mean, who does? Really? Look, I don't know where you're from, but we probably have beef with you for the most very <laughs> fucking reason. Yeah, that's, that's the great thing about being an American is, like, you don't know exactly the history of any nation in the world, but, like, you know someone inside of your country is probably pissed off at them for something. You're probably pissed off as an American. Look, I still have yeah. beef with Canada, like, just on the surface. I don't like them. I don't know why. It just It's off-putting. How dare you? One, right, right. criticize my shithole country, all right? I know what's wrong. I know it's not the best country in the world. That's not going to stop me from saying it. And two, like 90% of the Canadian population lives within 100 miles of the U.S. border. Right. Like, you're lucky (laughs) we don't mobilize Michigan to go take the upper part of that fucking body of land. I think they could do it. I think probably, like, the Wolverines, you know, the, uh, what is that, like, uh... Red Dawn? No, 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 like the football team up there in Michigan. Um, I think it isn't it the Wolverines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm saying if they were so motivated, they could probably take over a decent portion of Canada before, like, they were stopped. Like, I think the Mounties are a pretty legitimate, like, police force, and I seem to recall the Canadian troops being a pretty good measure. But like, the amount of time it would take to get someone there before they were just like stopped would be not inconsiderable amount of time. Um, you could. Probably, honestly, just walk in there and ask him to leave. Politely, of course. And that might do it. But it's like, at the same time, and I was thinking, like, why don't, why doesn't the U.S., like, have Toronto? Like, we should have taken that. That's right there. You know, I think they're still respecting the rules of the uh, 49th parallel. Um, It could also be the fact that last time we tried to fuck with Canada, they burned down the White House. Yeah, I mean, they cheated, though. Yeah, Not was, really, but they also, like, you know, as far as we're concerned, they did. <laughs> um, yeah, like, honestly, we weren't expecting hostilities from a nation that we were openly hostile with. What was that about? It's not fair if they fight back. You know, it's weird. This, like, whole art of warfare has been, like, discovered and forgotten so many times throughout history. Like, yeah, everyone charts it back to sucks, too. Because that's as far back as we have records. But, like, you can't tell me Caesar knew about Sun Tzu and was actively practicing his, like, disciplines. But he was, like, doing the exact same thing. And that's the crazy thing. Well, it's also, like, at this point, the the Roman military uh, from the, the Marian reforms and, like, all of that was kind of just throw as many bodies as necessary. Like, you don't want to be here. We don't want to be here, but we want what is here. So you guys emotionally detach from everything that's happening and just stab. And then if your friend falls, step on him. Just keep stabbing. Never stop stabbing. Never stop stabbing. What are you guys doing here? I don't know. I think we want Partheon. Do you even know where that is? No, not particularly, but we know it's in this general direction. <laughs> well, it's like, do you, do you know what the, the Roman practice of declaring war was? What? It was, and uh, it, it's like my favorite thing I know about Rome. I know so much about Rome. Is you I know. Into whatever territory you, you had beef with. And uh, you would just fucking yeet a spear into enemy territory. Right? Just like, okay. Parthia, like Parthia. And you just yeet a spear. Then you would ride and you would find like the first person you could. And you'd be like, we're going to war with you guys. And it was on that person to go tell, like, the proper authorities that you were going to war with. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, in the middle yeah. of nowhere, and all of a sudden, you see a spear fly, like, 20 feet to your left. 
and then a bunch of dudes on horses speak Latin at you and ride away. And you're like, what the fuck was that about? <laughs> I don't know what happened exactly, but they seemed mad. I don't know. I'm going to track down some sort of like, not Persian, but like, you know, post-Persian like authority. Okay. Yeah, great question. Like, exactly what went through that person? <laughs> just like, what? It certainly wasn't Latin. No, just like, dude, I speak Syrian. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, uh, what, do you, what do you want me to gain from this? <laughs> I want you to have seen what occurred here and be able to transcribe it as appropriately as possible. <laughs> the authorities. And then, you know, like six months later, you finally get a dispatch from whatever territory you're fighting with. Like, are you guys mad at us? Could you imagine how easy warfare was, like, back in the day? Like, I mean, I know Rome was, like, a relatively, like, populous empire. They were well organized and everything. But, like, you know, routinely barbarians would just kind of, like, sweep through and be like, yeah, this is ours now for the time being. And Rome would be like, what? No. <laughs> but, like, you know, you got to imagine that. Yeah, you got to imagine that exact same shit was happening on the other side. Like, you know... You know, realms would sweep through like parts of Gaul and just be like, "Yeah, this is part of us." I'm like, I, I guess. I mean, okay. like, we're not even remotely prepared for this. <laughs> like, uh, you guys can have that territory, but like, don't come like twenty feet over here. It's like this is my tribes. I don't give a fuck about. Mm. Them. They stole a water bucket like thirty years ago, and we still haven't forgiven them. <laughs> you know, I was uh, I, I remember um, like something from like Alexander the Great's campaigns, where like he was invading Persia, and the Persian like you know got. Basically, just like okay, invading Persia. I'm gonna clear a field for this, like fight. Like you know, they actually go through and they clear like out all the rocks and the brush, and they perform like you know some things that make all of the pitch perfectly able to fight in, like perfectly as level as possible. Which you know just completely plays into the Greek strategy of the phalanx. Yeah, solid. And, like yeah, 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 and like Alexander said to him, just like kind oh, of waited and watched and like. I don't know, enjoyed the time being between, like, when that all started and, like, when everything was going on. Just like, all right, I guess this is just how warfare was fought back then. Like, you prepare the battlefield before you fight it. You gotta, you're having company over, all right? You don't invite them over. <laughs> just a mess lying about. But also, like... Right, yeah, you do the dishes, you fluff the pillows. <laughs> yeah, you just, you just make it comfortable for everyone involved. But also, like, body retrieval must have been so nutty like your family didn't really just get a notification that you died you just didn't come home one day right yeah no absolutely i mean if you're lucky your commander came home remembered who the hell you were and was like decided to report it to your family or then, like the yeah. army came marching home and you're just like oh i guess i didn't see johnny or you know johnny is uh, <laughs> johnny unitas <laughs> yes from the cults um <laughs> <laughs> you know, I guess I just didn't see him, so I guess I just didn't make it home. Oh, well, that sucks. And then the government would seize your lands. Yeah, you know, you know you're asking for it by being a peasant. You know, if you wanted to keep your property, you shouldn't have let your male heir die in combat. <laughs> took really my bad, male heir. bad parenting on your part. Yeah, no, absolutely. 100% on their fault. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think we should start wrapping this up. We're at about 59 minutes almost. I'm saying 58, 42, 43, 44. Yeah, we have the same timer. Oh. Any closing thoughts? Um, no, none. I mean, if you like us, subscribe. We'll do this as often as we remember to do a podcast. We do generally enjoy talking about it, or talking to each other. Uh, <laughs> these will come not infrequently. Um, if just have our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, <laughs> just keep doing that, and I think we'll be all right. If you have any ideas, right. an episode, let us know, or we'll just keep coming up with random bullshit. Like if your Wolverine claws are as hard as your penis is. Yeah, and when we say let us know, we also have absolutely no. Like, you cannot contact us right now. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers. They'll reach us. Right. Yeah. We feel those. All those likes on Facebook, all those shares from uh, you know, 
share in 20 seconds or else Jesus will hate you. <laughs> we feel those. Let's go directly to us. You know what? Really so boy. Of that. I don't know who my boy is, but free him. <laughs> All right. I guess that's perhaps a Bye. Bye.